0: And I welcome you to the Inez Says Podcast number 3. Appreciate you making this pod part of your uh, podcast experience. Uh, I, I want to talk about the NBA today, the National Basketball Association. Uh, and I don't have to tell you folks who, who have followed my career. I I love my NBA. I love my Orlando Magic. I've been watching the NBA, heck, ever since I can remember. My favorite player ever, Larry Bird. Best player ever no doubt in my mind, Michael Jordan, my favorite magic player of all time, Daryl Armstrong, the most important magic player of all time has to be Shaquille O'Neal. What the NBA is doing in Orlando right now is, I think, a model of how to conduct a sports league during a pandemic. It is amazing what the NBA has pulled off with zero positive tests over the last several weeks. It really is astounding to me. I never thought that the league would be able to pull off what they have pulled off. And by the way, I, I've heard some folks say that the eventual champion of the league this year should have an asterisk by their name. Why? Come on. Th- to me, it, it's the exact opposite. The champ will have earned the title possibly more than any other team in NBA history because of what we've all experienced about COVID-19. So I, I want to move on to, a topic about the NBA that concerns me a great deal because I think it's going to be a bumpy ride for the league in the next few years. And I'll tell you why my eyes always gloss over whenever people talk television ratings, it's not five, 10, 15 years ago to where television ratings for sporting events was really a true indication of popularity, right? Not anymore because of all the cord cutting going on, especially by younger people, and as fragmented as our interests are, television ratings to me are not as much, not as much of a true indicator about popularity as they were back in the day, but they tell a part of a story. They tell a story. The consensus thought was, you know, during the pandemic when we did not have live sports, the consensus thought was, okay, once live sporting events return, those ratings are going to skyrocket, and they did for a number of different events. The, the golf event with Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson got huge ratings, and, and Major League Baseball's opening day certainly got huge ratings, and I know the PGA really has had some uh, incredible numbers here since coming back. The NBA, even though like we have seen some unbelievable playoff basketball games here recently, unreal games, and yet... You look at the television ratings, they're down. The seeding games did not do well from a rating standpoint. The playoffs so far have really not met expectations. I mean, I'm, I'm watching a couple of playoff games over the last few days, and I mean, Donovan Mitchell putting up 51 points, and Luka Doncic hitting the three at the buzzer. I mean, we've seen some really good games, and yet, relatively speaking, nobody watching. Why is that? I think some of it has to do with the fact that there are so many games. I mean, as I'm taping today, the Orlando Magic are, are playing at 1.30 in the afternoon against the Milwaukee Bucks in game four. Oversaturation, I think, is a part of this equation, no doubt. I mean, you have games starting at, at 1, 1.30, going all the way until 12 midnight. I think oversaturation has something to do with it. But But then again, nobody's talking about and complaining about oversaturation when in March, typically, except for this year, the NCAA tournament starts, and and we have college basketball from noon to past midnight. Nobody's talking about oversaturation during the NCAA tournament, but people are talking about it here. I again, why? why, why during a pandemic when we sports fans are sports craved? Why have the NBA's numbers been as underwhelming as they have? And I look, there's no getting around this here. And I promise to you, during my introductory podcast that I was I was going to hit it straight on in terms of the the most difficult topics of the day. I think a partial at the very least a partial answer to this question was given to me by an Orlando Magic fan I've known gosh for for 25 years and this person is 10 times the fan I am of the Orlando Magic in the NBA. I think the answer was given to me by him in a text last week and I think it has to do with the politics And the election coming up here in a few months. But the politics that the NBA has gotten into here over the last several months. Here's the text line. All right. Here you go. Quote, Scott, for the first time in my life, I turned off a magic game. I'm sick and tired of being called a racist. I'm out. I don't think he's the only one. I don't think my friend is the only one. I've heard from a number. Unfortunately, I've heard from a number of NBA magic season ticket holders. Some of them longtime season ticket holders who have said, you know what? Enough. I don't want to be beaten over the head by all the politics that's going on. I'm not going to support a league that continues to tell me how racist I am. So I think the NBA has a real problem here. And this, to me, is the Commissioner Adam Silver's first serious bump in the road. I mean, to date, he's made every right move. He's made He's been consistent ever since he took over. Uh, during the Donald Sterling controversy, the Clippers owner, and had to uh, send him packing. It's been masterful the way Adam Silver, the commissioner, has handled every potential bump in the road for the NBA. This is different. Now the commissioner has a big problem, and that is the potential alienation of core NBA fans and season ticket holders. And I think this problem actually started with the China controversy at the start of the preseason. I mean, isn't it ironic that the NBA starts with a controversy from China and here we are in the midst of COVID-19 and a pandemic that most people say came from China? I think it's just ironic that it it begins and ends basically with a problem from China with the NBA. The commissioner has a problem with the alienation of core fans and core season ticket holders. Look, on this podcast, I'm going to tell it like it is, okay? And here you go, straight between the eyes. Go to an NBA game. Look around the lower bowl. You tell me. How many 25-year-olds do you see in the lower bowl? How many 22-year-olds do you see in the lower bowl? And, And that's the argument from... Some of these people who know a lot more about television ratings than I do, they say, well, you know, the NBA still has that core younger fan. The younger people are watching. Well, how many of those people can afford season tickets? Not many. Not many. It's the older people. It's, it's the, the 40-somethings, the 50-somethings, the 60-somethings who have the money. I am concerned about the NBA because I I think the commissioner has a big problem. And I think this this problem started with the China controversy at the start of the preseason. Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Houston Rockets, tweets his support for Democratic protesters in Hong Kong. Right now, typically a tweet like that would be met with applause right for most every American it would be met with applause I mean it's just it's common sense we support freedom all around the world we support freedom in Hong Kong no <laughs> that that's not the way that that tweet was met by a number of people it was met with disgust it was met with anguish overall from the league from the players some of which were in China as Maury's tweet came out why why was it well Nobody was going to say it. Nobody will say it. I'll say it on this podcast. The NBA makes tons of money, gobs of money in China. And yet, when you have a LeBron James who came out uh, who basically said that Daryl Morey, who sent the tweet, was, quote, misinformed and uneducated, really? Daryl Morey is the one who's misinformed and uneducated? How about this, LeBron? Open mouth and insert foot. You're the one who's uneducated and, and misinformed. If LeBron and the rest of the NBA would have just come out and said, "You know what? We just what I just said. Like we make tons of, we make billions in China. We we don't want to put that in jeopardy." I would have had so much more respect for LeBron James and other players and the league if they just came out and told me the truth. Look, we're all capitalists here. Well, many of us are capitalists. Just tell me the truth. I would have had so much more respect. I make a lot of money in China. That's it. Boom. Here's the rub here. Social justice causes here in the U S should be social justice causes everywhere. Right. Even China, right? This is the tangled web of the NBA social justice platform here. This is the tangled web. We all know that human rights abuses are being perpetrated in China. You'd be blind not to see it, read about it, hear about it on the internet. The oppression of religion, Uh, in particular Muslims, the repression of gay people over there, the lack of freedom of expression, the lack of a free media. I find it interesting that the Chinese communist government has the goal to criticize the U.S. about our injustice problems. Look in the mirror. But I, I think it was a bad look for the NBA because it was hypocritical. There's no question about that. It was hypocritical. And I believe that the NBA will ultimately ultimately have to sever its ties with China. So there's a problem here. And here we are in an election year and with a portion of NBA fans swearing off the league because they don't want to see the political slash social issues on their TVs every single night. That has something to do with the numbers that we're seeing now in terms of television ratings. So when you tune into an NBA game right now, you see emblazoned on the court, Black Lives Matter. You also see the players with social justice messages on the back of their jerseys, be it equality or, you know, how many more listen to us, education, reform, et cetera. And and I think the NBA players have tried to utilize this restart, if you will, as an occasion to bring attention to all these matters of of social justice. and, And all of them are just causes. I'm not arguing with that. All are good moral messages. But is it too much? Is it overkill for an audience right now that is being bombarded during an election year, bombarded with political messages from the right, from the left? I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and look, we saw this. We saw this back in 2016 with the national football league, another election year where the league basically lost a, a good portion of its audience because of the national anthem controversy and Colin Kaepernick. Now, since then, and I think the NBA can use NFL's experience to its advantage. Since then, the NFL has regained that audience. The audience has come back. But the NBA is not the NFL here. There's just one NFL, man. The NFL is king of all pop culture, of all American sport. You talk about TV ratings. It's, it is astounding to me. The NFL is king of all television ratings and has been for quite some time. I mean, the NFL back in the day, back four years ago, the league could afford to lose a portion of its audience four years ago because there was plenty of cushion there. The average TV viewership of NFL games last year was about 16.5 million people. 16.5 million people. I mean, there are over-the-air network shows airing during primetime that would kill for 16 and a half million people watching their shows. Average NBA audience on opening night a few weeks ago on TNT was 2.9 million. Very good numbers, good numbers. But again, the NBA does not have the cache and nothing does quite frankly, that NFL football has to withstand a significant drop in viewership. The NFL is succeeding. Now they could stand that the NBA cannot. So I think there are some some troubling times ahead for the NBA looking at the television ratings the way they are. I think if you're the NBA right now, you just have to keep doing what you're doing, having great playoff games, and hope that people come back. But in the end, I think the NBA over the next few years is going to take their lumps both in arena and with the television watching. And I think it may take a while to return to some kind of normalcy because of the ties to... To the china controversy because of the political messages that we're getting each and every night watching playoff games and i do believe that the nba is in for a rough ride over the next few years because of it i want to thank you for joining me here on the inez says podcast number 3 is in the books i will see you next time here on the inez says podcast for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early